Hi, I'm McKaylin Hay, and I'm with the Critical Thinking Podcast, thinking shit through one podcast at a time. Welcome to We Want to Touch ah. Radio. Wow. Hey, shut up. <laughs> wow. Yeah, shut up. Now man. I'm going to have to be She's super. On. What? She is? <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey, no one's afraid. Ready? Come on, hold on. Let's go at the beginning the now. The power of Christ compels you. <laughs> I thought he said he got rid of all of I'm these. not telling you my devil name. Don't worry, we haven't started recording. Well, we are recording, but we haven't actually physically started the show. We always do this to ease our guests. Wait, wait, wait. Physically started the show? What? No. no. <laughs> what? <laughs> Hang on here. Skype I don't use as often, so I forget it all the time. You know what that means, right, guys? It means for the stalkers, they can't track her. <laughs> Sean. What the f***? Nice. Come on. It took all of five seconds to get it out of him. Yeah. You were supposed to be on your best behavior. I am on my best behavior. I didn't say the F word. What what am I supposed to say, Miguel? What what am I supposed to say? This is not about you. Yes. This is not about you. Yes. This is about Miguel being immature. That's what this is about. What is he not immature, though? I mean, either way, you know, it's cool if you want him with you. If you don't, you know, either way, you know, it's not like we're evil or anything, right, Miguel? What the hell? He works for the dark side. We're trying to. Hey, they got cookies on the dark side. You can tell from a go. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. We're trying not to... I, I'm not even talking with you people. No, no, no satanic rituals this time, Miguel. Rick, we disconnect, gotta, right, Rick okay. disconnect their mics. <laughs> We're going to try not to say things that would offend you. We have no idea what would offend you. I apologize in oh, advance. Oh, don't worry. I'm not easily offended. All right. So, That's to, good. To, All right. I'm total done. legitimate question I have. Uh, so you're from Canada, obviously. And yeah. uh, what do you think of uh, Texans? When the first thing you think of when you think of someone from Texas... What is it that you think? Well, when I think of Texas, I automatically associate it like with like bigness because I I've heard that like everything in Texas is like big, and then I've heard it's really really hot. Why are you pointing at? Why? Thank you. Yes, I am well, first hot. Of all, <laughs> three people in this room are apparently very large and in charge. <laughs> and the second one is uh, it is very freaking hot here. No, no, no. Super hot. She was talking about me. I'm hot. Oh, you, no. I'm hot. No, no, <laughs> no, no. Well, maybe a little, if I was really, really drunk. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) He just admitted to that. Wow. Welcome to another exciting episode of Critical Thinking Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle, along with my co-host, Rick the Rizzo, and our other co-host, Sean, and the other Mexican in the room, Miguel G. And this is a critical look at all things gaming, movies, collectibles, and so much more. Today we have a special guest live from Canada, McKaylin Hay, who we're very excited to have off, a young 15-year-old phenom who just has an amazing voice, and we're glad to have you. How are you doing, McKaylin? I am great. I'm super excited to be on the show. You know what? That's it. My job is done here. <laughs> that was actually pretty good. I like that. Okay. That so, yeah. Introduce yourself. Go. Sorry. So go, yes. Tell us something about yourself. Now, how okay. was your weekend? <laughs> I'm McKaylin. Uh, I'm from this place that nobody knows in Canada called Guelph. So, I just say I'm from Toronto usually. God. I don't know what to say about myself. I never... I'm, I'm never good at this stuff. Uh it- Hey, don't don't worry about it. Just just give us a how's your weekend been? We'll kick off with our round tabling. 
My weekend has honestly been weird because I've been studying for two tests that I have tomorrow. And then I went and did the review tonight and I know nothing for either of the tests despite studying. So I'm not super thrilled about that, but um, it's fine. I'm not going to have a career in math anyway or history. Music is what I want to do, clearly, because uh, I'm here and I sing. And um, yeah, so that I totally wasted my whole weekend because I still don't know anything, but whatever. So, okay, question. Since, um, you know, I was in a band for seven years, and um, most people don't know that, nor do they care. But um, you have, I know you have dreams, dreams of aspiration, and you want to, what, what decided? Because, like, I know that when I got into a band, it was because I just wanted to be in in the scene but for you i think it's probably a lot different because it wasn't a natural talent of mine it was something that i just wanted to do for you it's a natural talent and your passion goes along with that so at what point did you realize you know what this is something i'm willing to risk and take to that next level this sounds kind of weird but i think i've always known like music and being a singer is the first thing i remember ever wanting to be and it's just always been like something that I've wanted to do and I started really taking it seriously when I was like 10 so like that's when I started writing my own songs and recording covers and stuff like that okay okay and and how did you first decide that you were gonna because obviously we have a cd here and you've obviously recorded some stuff at what point do you take it from just kind of playing in your room or learning to play with your you know like doing that to taking it to the point where you're like you know what i want to write my own songs or write my own albums at what point did you decide like hey this is where i want to go with it was it like i started off doing church stuff or i just started off doing like little carnivals i mean how did you get from point a to point b um i kind of started off um recording like covers and stuff just videos of me singing and then from that point I started performing those covers live at like little busking fairs and then singing in front of crowds started when I would um like canter for our churches like Christmas and Easter masses and then from that point on it kind of started doing more and more but I realized like if I want to be able to make it and make my own mark and become my own artist, I would have to write, which I also love writing. It's something that I've always liked doing. I've liked journaling and writing stories since I was little. So it came pretty naturally to me to be able to put music, which is one thing I love and writing together. So I feel like that's kind of how, like what kind of made me decide to go from point A to point B in a like way. But then I also just knew that, I wanted to record an album and stuff because at shows I wanted to have something physical to give people things like that in a way to promote myself. So what has been your um, best support system so far? Is my dad one? Would my dad be a support Absolutely. system? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, most people don't have that. So yeah, that would be definitely one of them. Yeah, no, he's been behind me the whole way. He's like, he's a sports guy. He's an athlete and everybody kind of expected me to be an athlete because both my parents are, athletes and i'm not i'm a musician and he totally like took that and ran with it ironically enough and um he's been like an amazing support system for me he's always like supported me and helped me he's never been like hey well michaela and you're like six feet tall maybe you should play basketball <laughs> he he agrees with um my my dreams and um he doesn't push me into anything that he wants to do and he 
supports all my crazy ideas, which is uh, I'm honestly in awe of him sometimes because I'll come out and be like, hey, dad, like, so I planned this trip to like Nashville and I want to go and be like, okay, well, God, you better start saving up now. But sure. Or like, dad, I wrote this song. Like, what do you think? He's always kind of there for me to go to, which is good. That's really cool. Uh, having yeah. a daughter myself, I understand. Uh, I'm very close with my daughter, so it seems like you're very close with your father as well. So that's that's really cool. At what age, I guess, if you could pinpoint me, when 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 did the light turn on? Like, hey, I can sing, I can do this. Or when did who dis- when did they discover your hidden talent? Or did you discover it? I mean, was it like when you were four or five, or like just just one night it just turned on? I kind of think I discovered it by myself because I remember when I was in JK, so it was my first year of school. I don't know how the school system works because I know it's different in every, like, even province in Canada, so it might be different in the States. But um, when I was four, I came home from school one day and was like, hey, I, I entered the talent show, I'm singing, and I'm doing this song. And my parents were like, oh, you sing? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to be a singer. <laughs> and they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, I bet you are, McKellen. And I was like, no, I really am. <laughs> and then um, they probably didn't take me seriously. And they probably thought it was a phase because I know a lot of kids go through the rock star phase. Like, I want to be a singer. But my phase literally never ended. And it's not going to. So I know those phases. My daughter wanted a guitar. <laughs> she wanted I to think, rock out. Like, I think no. every daughter did. My my one of mine does and it just sits there and collects dust. <laughs> I sold her guitar. <laughs> I wanted to work for the longest time and I wanted to be a drummer and a singer. So we got like a little crappy drum kit and it literally sat in the basement, so we sold it. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed like uh see some of your live shows. Uh you play the piano. Any other instruments besides piano? I really, really want to play guitar, and I think I'm going to learn soon, but I, I keep on putting it off, and it's really annoying because I want to. I mean, like, does harmonica and recorder count? Because I play those. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> it counts. As if you can play spoons. If the, guy, if the spoon man can say he, play, he plays spoons, I'm sure you can play harmonica and, you know, beatbox. Oh, yeah. I tried to play spoons once. Um, somebody came to our school that played spoons, and I couldn't do it. It was way more difficult than it looked. Talking with Jim about you a while back, and that's how I got in contact with you guys uh, through, oh, yeah. through Jim. He described you as an, a young lady with an old soul, and I do have to say this. I want to pay you a compliment. You do carry yourself very well for being so young, um, and your music does have some depth to it. I've purchased a few songs. I mean, you sent us your CDs, obviously, but I've purchased some when I first uh, – he sent them to us, obviously. Uh, but wanting to support a young artist like yourself, I went out to iTunes, and I don't even know how that works, but I, I bought a few. Yeah, uh, much. And a couple of them, you know, I bought the ones that kind of struck to me. I mean, you know, it really struck a chord with me and I really like, and they're in my playlist on my phone. I have an iPhone and it's like the fourth song in my track. So it plays, I hear it early in the morning every time. Uh, what song on your album right now or what, which one means the most to you, right? I mean, they probably all mean the most to you, but which one is like the feels? It's like the one that really, that's my song. That's the one that just makes me like, I left it all out there for you. Okay, I'd say probably in this one, like the one that I probably listen to the most is Gone in Mirror, just because they're the most ones that are similar to like what I listen to. Those, but are, the the two, those are the two that I have. <laughs> yeah. yeah, those two are like probably my favorite, but I think the ones that like stick with me the most are Home and Now That It's Over. Home was because I wrote that one 100% by myself. It's like more personal than a lot of the other songs, 
now that it's over just because um uh that was the last one we recorded and i feel like the production did really well on it and like it's one of my favorite songs on the album We had love like a photograph And you told me that it would last And you said that the best hasn't happened yet That was the plan Every smile that you promised me Every night that we fell asleep Every breath, every laugh that we both had When you said that you can't get enough of me All these moments that I never noticed Were right there in front of me when you told me you never leave those two probably like stick with me the most if that makes sense no it does no uh okay so a couple questions that i have um so being young and from a small town do you think that limits you or do you think that the ability of social media uh incident by today's standards i.e like youtube twitter facebook i i don't you know instagram do you think that being in a small town uh, limits you to your ability to grow 
Um, hence, uh, I have like, would you have dreams to move to California or to whatever? Uh, or is it like, you're like, okay, well, I don't really see a limit because with social media, I'm growing at a rapid pace and I don't really have to go to a bigger city. Cause I mean, um, you're young, you're, you're young. So yeah. you have time to think about these things, you know? Yeah. So I'd say like social media is a really valuable tool in terms of growing like my online profile and stuff and kind of getting myself out there. Um, more, especially with like how accessible everything is now. So I feel like it's been a really powerful tool, but I would like to move to a bigger city, even if it just starts out in like moving to Toronto, which is Canada's kind of music capital. And then I've always, always, always like wanted to go to either LA or New York ever since I was super young. I like visited New York for the first time. I think like two years ago now and I loved it so much. It was awesome. And I feel like the thing is like as much as social media is good and can really get you out there, it's always good to be in a place that's like a big city, especially for music because um, that way there's more opportunities. There's more shows. There's more people that you can meet. People kind of gather in those like big cities like Nashville, Toronto, Los Angeles, New York, people gather there especially for music so i feel like it'd be good to live in one of those places or even just like live there for like a year or so or visit what is something that people don't know about you as far as your own musical taste what's something that you listen to that you that people might be surprised by i feel like people don't think that i listen to like certain 80s music or like older music like different types of it and then i feel like people don't know that i listen to rap <laughs> <laughs> i knew it nice are do you do you know nf are you into nf i don't know them no. I look have, him up i have him on my phone i'm in the NF. dude is dude is awesome but what would be okay. some of the rappers you actually listen to okay um kendrick lamar is one which is like pretty a lot of people listen to kendrick lamar i'm gonna go on my spotify and look at some because i feel like i'm well of course i'm canadian so i listen to drake because he's literally from a city like 45 minutes away from me uh 21 savage um nobody knows this guy but uh young gravy and he's literally so funny um he always samples like well-known songs in his songs and then it makes them super catchy and people always like roast me for liking him but like me and a few of my friends just know all the words to his song so, so. nice so what would be uh as influences that you have what what are your musical influences really i think um lately i've been compared a lot to like well with the newer stuff i'm doing like tove low and um, Dua Lipa who are like some pretty big influences. But when I was younger and first started out writing, another influence of mine was Marina and the Diamonds. And not a lot of people know her, but um, she was like the first person that I really started listening to like religiously. And I ended up picking up on a lot of her, like the things that she does stylistically. And then also Coldplay. I've always listened to Coldplay. So they're a pretty big influence on me, I'd say. Where do, where do you drive most of your inspiration from? I know that, I, I mean, I just know that from experience that you drive it from your circumstances, but where do you find that driving the most, like your most popular songs? Like, I, okay, but I'm rewording the question. So you're sitting there and you're writing a song and you're like, okay, I'm going to write this song. And at some point you're like, okay, I'm driving this inspiration from 
question mark. That's one. And then the second one is, is that song that you wrote that you think, oh, this is going to be a really big, people are going to like me for this one. And then it turns out they like you for another song. Does mm-hmm. that ever surprise you? You know what I mean? That one song is catchier to the public than it is to you. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like a song that's like that is cheap Canadian whiskey. A lot of people like it. And it's one that's actually my most like well-received on a lot of like radio airplay shows. It surprises me because I wrote that song when I was like 12 and I just recorded it for fun. Um, last year in Nashville, when I went down for a trip,
that's been pretty well received and that's surprising to me just because I wrote it when I was younger and I didn't think that it was like one of my stronger songs in a way and I feel like I get a lot of my inspiration from like real life experiences so if something happens to me I'll write about it if I think of a cool story or hear a title that like sticks with me like something that um my dad started like doing and I picked up on is like if he would see something that could be a good song title he would text me and be like hey like what do you think about this and then um we get the Globe and Mail and we'll go to the authors like they're the best-selling books or whatever and then look through the titles and see if anything kind of inspires us or sticks out to us and then if he sees something that he likes he'll tell me and I'll go write a song if I see something like that I'll go write a song And so I, like, get a lot of my inspiration from either stories that I hear from my friends or if I just, like, have a title that I see or an idea for a song theme, really. So if an album contains approximately 12 to 13 tracks, how many tracks have you written? Like, how many songs do you have to sift through and go, okay, I got 45 songs, I really like these songs. How do you decide of which ones of those go on your album do they all have the same pertaining theme is it uh kyle i only really have 20 songs and i perfected them or is it you know you know what i'm saying like is there a lot of songs is just yeah how do you decide i feel like it's like different for every artist and since this was my first album it was different than how my next album is going to be and how i'm going to pick like i feel like with that one it'll be more themed and be this like a similar genre instead of having like three pop songs and then a country song and then like that kind of thing and I for me personally with this album uh, I had about 30 songs some songs that I wrote just me some songs that I co-wrote some songs that were demos and um, we took those and listened to them and the ones that were already produced obviously went onto the album because we had already spent money on them and then uh, ones that I wanted to record um that like stuck out to me kind of and the way that songs stick out to me is I just listen to them and see which one I like best I don't know I I feel like there's probably a better formula or I send it to people people that I trust and see what they say a lot of the time too so that's how I kind of picked what I wanted to go on 1215 but I don't think it's going to be the same for my next album I think it'll be there will be more songs to pick from and they'll be more themed I saw that you did a cover on uh, 21 Pilots, Stressed Out, which, first of all, I literally just saw that. I was like, dang it, I can't believe I didn't listen to that. I didn't hear that one. I didn't see that. I've I've listened to quite a few of your songs, uh, your originals and some of your covers. And uh, one of the things I really like is the fact that there is so much variety in your style. And you do a lot of different sounds. But at the same time, you know, your voice is your voice and it's very unique. I enjoy the fact that it's not that fluffy kind of stuff when you sing and you know the things that you write it's more kind of deeper material and uh so my question is you know i know that you have to kind of make a compromise when you're an artist for the money you know it comes to the point where how much am i doing it you know just purely for me and the art and how much is it because this is what commercially works and you know makes a big deal right now you're kind of labeled uh to a certain extent as indie 
which, yeah. you know, I love indie music. I love the stuff that's out there that's different. I love the fact that it's outside the box. What do you think really going forward, are you going to kind of try to streamline and commercialize and, and you know define a sound that's going to put you in a niche? Or do you really kind of just want to stay open and do things your own way? Um, I think to some extent I can still kind of commercialize but do things my way, if that makes sense. But there's so many like amazing artists who kind of did commercialize for a little bit. And then once they had a solid fan base, solid following that wouldn't like they weren't one hit wonders or they had like a good solid backing to their career. They went back to doing like what they really, really liked doing. So like Lady Gaga, her album art pop is way different than her album. Joanne cause Joanne is more her, but art pop was more commercialized and got her name out there and won her a Grammy and that kind of thing. So I feel like that's probably a smart way to do it just because in order to make money, you have to do what kind of the public wants. Like, I feel like especially in art, it can't always just be about you. It has to be like what other people want to hear too. But then there also still has to be a pretty significant piece of you in your art or else it's not even yours anymore. Absolutely. And you lose, you lose the originality, you lose the feel that people know, like, this is definitely Mikhail and Hey, this isn't somebody else. This, this is her all the way. And, mm -hmm. um, definitely get that from your songs that it, it's you, like you, you own it. You're not like copying off of somebody else. It's, it's totally coming from you and you can feel that. And there's a lot of emotion that you really carry in your songs. Like it's, it's coming so strong through your voice. It's, it's, it's amazing. But I know a lot of people, I've listened to some of the interviews you've had with some other shows and I know a lot of them always comment and say, they're so impressed of how mature your voice is for your age. And that, that is absolutely true. I mean, I don't, I don't like to just freaking repeat what other people have already said, but you really do have such an amazing voice, you know, Thank for your you. age and everything. It's, it's incredible. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Thanks for taking the words out of my mouth, Sean. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you find yourself um, still being at odds with uh, taking compliments? Like I seem, I see uh, hesitation sometimes whenever we compliment you. Like, do you find it like still kind of um, what's the word I want to use? Um, awkward. Uh, not awkward, but you know what I mean. Where it's like, oh, thank you. Like you know, you appreciate what they're saying, but it's kind of like I've gotten to this point. Like, hmm. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, I. I do feel like that sometimes because like I know I've worked really hard to get to where I'm at and like I know that I'm pretty good at what I do but then at the same time like in my house it's always like kind of not discouraged to take compliments but like I don't want to seem like cocky or anything so I'm always kind of hesitant before because I don't want to be like oh yeah I'm so good like <laughs> I got it all. So I always like, I feel like I totally do hesitate when taking compliments because I don't want to seem like arrogant or anything. The best but, thing about that whole thing right there was she moved her hair too with the hand. I'm like, so good. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, that was perfect. Of I course. I feel like that too. And I'm like, ooh, like I, I understand confidence, but there's like a line between confidence and cockiness. And I don't really want to cross that. <laughs> now, I know Sean said you're indie, obviously, because, you know, you're still doing your own CDs here and it's on iTunes. Just like us here at Critical Thinking, we strive to be the best. We're pushing ourselves very hard, and we're not super – we're not smodcast. We're not all those guys five by five. We're not blowing up the world. Uh, so there's times that we get a little frustrated with the progress, 
I mean, I don't know if you get frustrated with the progress that you're going on. I mean, do you want it to see happen a lot faster, or are you fine with the pace that it's going at right now? Um, I'm okay with the pace that it's going at right now. I think, especially because I'm young, so I want to have time to kind of like make sure that I'm not growing too fast because I'm going at a good pace for myself right now. I'm still going slow enough to take in all of like all of the information that I can kind of thing. Like at every single show I go to, I learn something and every single comment on YouTube I'll read and every single thing, like social media post I see. And I still have time to go and listen to like, listen to people give interviews and talks and stuff. So I feel like my pace right now is good. I think in like a year or so I'll want it to be going much faster kind of thing. And of course there's times I look on social media and I see there's like, people who are my age that are doing like different things and they're way more like they have more followers and stuff like that. But I feel like the path that I'm on right now is right for me. Like at the point that I'm at in my life and my learning curve. I'll say this before Sean says, no, I'm not taking over her Twitter account. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not, I'm not the Twitter master. Stop. (laughs) You are the Twitter master, but okay, we'll, we'll we'll move on. Question. Um, of all the question. social medias, no, okay, well, fine, you go. Go ahead, you're talking now. <laughs> of all the social medias, of all of them, you know, of all, which one do you do you get on the most, and which one do you find the best, uh, most feedback for what it is that you're trying to do? Where you find the interaction the best? The, you know, I I don't do Twitter very much. People can tell that by my Twitter because I literally am not. It's like our po- our podcast has like I don't know some ridiculous amount of followers, and I have like. 80. <laughs> I'm never on there. I just post pictures of my truck and shit. So it's like, ah, eh, boring. But it's like, which which median do you find that you have the best interaction with? So I feel like, and this is weird because I feel like Facebook's kind of getting less and less popular with people my age. But um, Facebook's good for like interacting with music people just because everyone that I've met so far that does music seriously has a Facebook page. So I just end up following all of them on there and like, it's good for updates. Twitter's also really good for that too. I feel like, um, but the one that I probably go on the most, like besides those two is Instagram. But for Instagram, I kind of try to make it like so that you can see a different side to me than you see in like my Twitter and all that stuff. Like I post, pictures of not just like me at the piano but like me and my friends and stuff like that and so i feel like instagram's probably my favorite just because like you can see a side to me that's not like on twitter and stuff because i tend to remain like pretty professional on twitter like i only tweet about music and stuff like that versus on instagram i'll just post pictures of kind of whatever i want that's really good keeping the people in touch with you seeing who you really are uh beyond the singer that that's really wise again wise uh here's i want to pay you a compliment real quick and then i want to ask you another question which i probably forgot already uh (laughs) you remind me of a young jojo oh yeah when she started off very young and then you know her music as it went on it's matured and it's matured and she's where she's at now i can see you kind of taking the same path and i am excited to hear how your music is going to grow as well and and that's why when you said earlier you're you're pleased with the pace that is going right now and i said that's perfect because it means as she mature as you mature your music is going to become more and more in depth it's going to mean more and it's going to be stronger lyrics and that's going to be interesting i mean because right now like sean said earlier your stuff is good Um, we enjoy it and i can only 
I can only wait to see down the road, and we can be like, hey, we know that girl. <laughs> and she's like, I don't know those guys. <laughs> now I can't remember my question. Okay, so yeah, we were waiting. All right, so I, I have, I I'll have, think about it. <laughs> I have a show-related question. So, um, and just for you, um, we're going to like one of your songs or whatever. You know, if you give us a suggestion of what you would particularly like to put up on there, that would be something you know we would love to do with your permission. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. And I think uh, Mirror would be a good one. Okay. Switching gears to a little more lighter side, what kind of TV shows do you watch or do you do TV at all? Okay, I watch a lot of Netflix and it's always changing. Like right now, I'm binge watching Black Mirror. Okay, nice. nice. It's so like, um, 
that show, I always am watching it, and then I get so into it, and then I can't stop watching it, and then I have school the next day, and it's three in the morning, and I'm just like, oh, that was oh, stupid. I feel you on that one. My brother loves to watch that one. We we watch it together. Like I'm good for like one or two episodes. After that, it's like okay, I'm I I, I gotta stop. I'm gonna get depressed now. I get way too deep into this. Like I gotta let it go. Like since I started watching that show, I just have all these like like everything's a conspiracy now because I'm like oh my god. <laughs> no, I'm super into that show right now. But then of course, I feel like my the stuff I watch is like such a variety. Like I also watched, um, stranger things, of course. Yes. Who didn't, but then I also will watch like family guy or Riverdale or like some super like dramatic, like over the top shows such as like vampire diaries or gossip girl. So it really goes like totally. Anyway, it depends on my mood. Sometimes I'll watch a show that I like watched in like grade five just for like the throwback kind of thing and like older shows such as freaks and geeks i absolutely love that show it's sad they only made one season but whatever so yeah it, honestly i don't even know it's whatever i'm kind of feeling that day sean we were hoping you were going to say supernatural <laughs> <laughs> but i just started watching supernatural oh it's a great show yeah we're huge fans of that oh show. yeah <laughs> yeah I started watching it a few days ago and like the first like five minutes, there's like a dead girl on the roof and it's just like, this is going to be wild. <laughs> yes. It is so over the top. Oh man. So here's my question for you. And I don't know if I missed this or not. I mean, you have your album, but music video. I don't even know if you have one yet or not. Is there a music video out there for any I song? One. I have one out for mirror. Um, and then I just filmed one for now that it's over like a few days ago. Like, last monday or a week ago yeah so last week i filmed one for mirror and then there's a lot of lyric videos out there too my first like song that i ever really wrote and recorded carnival has one it's funny looking at that now you know what's funny to me is it a lot of these things remind me of um so you you record music videos and you've written an album and you stay up and you watch Netflix and you you have insecurities just like the rest of us and it just always reminds me of the interesting topic of one thing that society doesn't I don't know what the hell are you doing Rick you're not in the picture that's okay nobody needs to see me <laughs> I am the one king what is it Cobra Commander in the background um you know what interesting about the he was once he can't even see my ass anyway I got a giant microphone she doesn't want to see that my point is is that it's interesting like so you think to yourself like right now you're a rising star now we don't know what the future holds for you. There's no way for anybody to know. But you're a rising star, and you're just like the rest of us, which is the sweet irony of being in entertainment. You know, we blew up, and we had no clue that we were going to blow up. We did it as a joke. It was it was kind of like a joke just for us to have fun. And here you are enjoying singing and doing singing and all sorts of shit. Both of you motherfuckers. I'm talking here. The disrespect in this place. Yes. You know, and this is us at our best behavior. That's what's even more sad. That's not our base behavior. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I think it's funny that you you watch these shows and you do these things because that's that's the reality of the entertainment business. 
period. It's just, we're just normal people. You love to sing and you're really good at it. You love to do those things and you, you excelled in that area and you were given the proper motivation to do so. And so did we, and we kind of blew up in that sense. So I just, it, the kind of the, the humble nature of, of listening to her talk about what shows she watches and like how she's a normal everyday kid, just like the rest of us used to be. Cause we're all old as dirt in here. But, um, uh, it's, wow! You know, thank you. Well, fuck, <laughs> thank you yeah, yeah. <laughs> you leave the baby out of this, but um, it's just kind of cool that you're just a normal person because it's like whenever we meet a celebrity at the comic cons or we we interview them, it's kind of like, oh crap, they're normal, just like the rest of us fools. They're you know? people. Yeah, they're people too. You know, it's like, oh my god. So it's it's funny how people don't think that they can achieve these things. They don't believe in themselves enough. Uh, that's why I asked about your support system a while back, because sometimes if you don't have a good support system, the strength that you must have within you to push yourself to those limits, to step out on that stage, to do what it is that you do, especially at a young age that you are. I mean, shit, at 15, you were I was lucky enough to even talk to people, let alone, you know, and go on a stage and to do shoot videos and to put yourself out there on blast, because that takes a lot. You know, that takes a lot of courage to do what you do. Thank you. It was a statement, Miguel. I didn't say nothing. I was about to agree with you 100%. Oh, okay, go ahead. <laughs> and I was going to add on to that, actually. Oh, go for so it. So here you are. Let's say you're performing at... Where were you at the other night where your dad was recording you? We couldn't really sleep because it was kind of dark. You were doing Yeah, a, uh, that was the Mill Street Brewery Lights Out. I'm uh, literally 15 and I can't have any Mill Street, but I got a free beer. Nice. <laughs> I'm calling the cops. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just joking. Uh, so do you got, You perform like at... Uh, I say this because I actually went and saw a guy perform at a Starbucks once at a, at a coffee shop. But do you perform at those kind of places as well, not just breweries and everything else? Yeah, it's funny that you say that because, uh, like, literally two weeks ago, I was performing at a Starbucks with um, another Canadian singer-songwriter, Christy Hagerman. I saw and, that. Yeah, so I was at a Starbucks. I do a lot of coffee shops. There's a place in Guelph called the Red Brick Cafe that I go to, like, once a month or so. And, um, yeah, like, I say... Uh, it's always a mix. Sometimes I'll be like background noise at a restaurant and then sometimes I'll be like the main act at like a cafe or like a, an acoustic set. Or sometimes I'll do something like um, what I did Saturday, which was a earth hour thing, which was completely random and nobody was expecting it and all the lights went out and I was just singing. And at first, like you never really know what to expect going into every show. I did not like I wasn't sure what to expect going in Saturday just because I knew that I was going to be performing at this like really cool like I don't even know restaurant place and it's mainly like there's big um, TVs and stuff for hockey and people are not going to know I'm going to be there and then all the hockey TVs are going to go off and I'm like I wonder how many people are going to get mad and like leave and only like four people left but they ended up coming back actually. And so, like, the first set of that, like, went, like, fine. I was just background noise. But then the second set, people started really getting into it. And, like, we sang happy birthday to somebody there. And then uh, I was taking suggestions from the crowd. And then somebody from the crowd came up and sang. And I played for them. Like, so it, every show, I feel like, is different. And, like, you never really know what you're getting into. That's really cool. So for you as an artist... You know, there's there's kind of like, I would say, two kinds of people and then maybe a middle kind of person. Um, for you as an artist, 
is it really like more about the performance and the interaction and being up there and doing something raw or is it about the sound and the art itself you know the production and you know i'm not i'm not going to say studio versus live because what i'm going to say is like the live and the raw versus the creative process and what you actually create yeah i feel like when in live performance it's more important that to uh kind of engage the crowd than your own artistic kind of preferences and stuff. But then at the same time, you have to have some of that there. Like you have to have like what makes the song tick, but you also have to be able to entertain the people that you're there to kind of entertain, especially if it's like you're being paid to do it, which sometimes I am, sometimes I'm not. So like, especially if I'm like not kind of getting paid to entertain them and I'm just there for like, myself then I'll do it more my way but if I'm there like as like background noise then I'll do more songs that I would usually do, like jazz songs or um if I'm there to like entertain them then I'll do songs that people will kind of gravitate towards more so like I feel like the artistic backing of it like what I go into with like like in the mindset I go into the studio with sometimes gets brought into live performances, but um, other times it, it doesn't, it really depends on the crowd. And that's the thing, like you have to be able to read the crowd. So for example, like I have a song called ass and one time I sang it at an open mic and uh, it was really re well received and like people found it funny and it was like super fun. And that was the first time I ever played it live. So then the next like open or no, it wasn't an open mic. It was a songwriter round. So then I had one the next day and it was like, people were so offended. So it really like, you have to, I, that was a fail on my part. I totally didn't read the crowd. Right. Gotcha. I it's, that, it's, it's totally contextual, but I love how you yeah. answered that, that it's a, it's the entertaining being an entertainer and being an artist. So what are you really more in love with? Or do you love one or the other more? Being the entertainer or being the artist? I think being the artist comes super naturally to me. Um, and it's something that I'm always going to love. But in order to get my art out there, I have to be an entertainer. So it's a skill that I have to learn and I have to like hone and work on. And I know so many amazing like uh entertainers who are also artists and they combine it perfectly. And I want to be like that. Now, this will be a little interesting here. I'm about to say, I'm trying to word this correctly. Just okay. With it, with it. No, no, no. I'm trying. I wanted to say it the right. I'm, it was going in my head for a long time and I can't really figure how I want to say it. Now another question popped in my head. Thanks, Josh. <laughs> okay. I'm glad you said earlier, you told us that, uh, you know, you're, she's kind of, you're trying to tough skin stuff. Doesn't really bother you. But it's human nature to be bothered by stuff. I mean, you said obviously people were offended uh, that one night and you it was your bad call. But at some point you have to like, not really, like who gives a damn? I'm here to perform, damn it. And, you know, I don't want, uh, crap, strike that, strike that whole thing from the conversation. Strike from the record, your <laughs> honor. That was never there. Okay, here, let's go with a happier question. <laughs> I'm looking at the looks. She's like, what is he trying to say? <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Okay, I'm a dad. I have a daughter. Everything my daughter does to me is very important. I cherish everything she did playing basketball, anything else. Anyone ever said anything negative about my child, I'd be super pissed. Now, my daughter and me are super close. So I don't know how close you are with your father, but we're very, very tight. Yeah. So if, like you said, playing in that crowd and it was negatively received, uh, how do you think it affected your father? Would he, you think he'd be the kind of guy to jump up on the stage and like, hey, what are you doing? This is my kid and blah, blah, blah. 
Oh my god, I would be so mad if he did that. <laughs> so mad. No, and like in that case, like it just it's a joke song. Like it's the song is like about um, me being an ass. Like sometimes I'm an ass because I feel like there's a lot of songs that are like, oh, you're an ass, but this one was I'm an ass. Like I know it, and people just like didn't find it funny versus like the night before they did. So like within that case, like I wasn't really offended or anything. I didn't really care. And of course, like there's some comments that like I get that affect me and. But I feel like the negative comments honestly do affect my dad a little bit more. Like someone will say, like, you totally used autotune when I was like a live off the floor cover. And then they'll be like, oh, like you suck. <laughs> and then I'll be like, okay, well, like I know I didn't. And everybody else watching the video knows I didn't. But my dad will be like, okay, well, we respectfully have to answer like, no, it's a live off the floor cover versus me. I'm more like, if I was to respond, I'd be like, no, you're just wrong. <laughs> All right, I'm going to beat you to this, Sean. I got two for you now. Number one, Rick, it was ass, A-S-S, right? That's yeah. Like, okay. Real quick, for first time ever, give us a couple of lyrics right now. Sing a couple of lyrics of that song. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, Did you expect I'll that? Be- <laughs> <laughs> well, you just put her on the spot. Dang. She, like, she didn't have her like piano and mic ready. This is acapella, it's bro. It's all good. It's all good. I have literally the lyrics right here, and I think I remember most of them. So Prepare. When nothing seems to go quite right, I'll hold on to it through the night. Through the night, I'll send passive aggressive texts. You'll never know what's coming next. Coming next. When all you did is breathe too loud, I'll turn around and start to yell. And when you get upset, I'll start to cry. Cause I can act just like a kid I'll turn into a crazy bitch And then just blame it on my PMS And I don't know why Why I act this way sometimes I love you but I know you know that I I am an ass I know it Sometimes I really show it. Those days when nothing goes my way, I'll take your day and blow it. I'm selfish, I can tell. I can be a douche as well. But I never mean any harm. I'll wreak havoc and ask what's wrong. Cause I'm an ass. That's the first verse in chorus. Nice. Sounds like my theme song, bro. You beat me to it. I'm going to use that as my theme song from now on. You need need, your PMS, huh? What? (laughs) Of course. Well, he was getting the sex change. We've known that for a long time. Dude, my wife would tell you, yeah, you you have that men PMS going on right now. (laughs) That's freaking. Okay. First of all, off the cuff, she was ready. She knew yeah. something like crap was going to happen. She knew one of us was going to be an ass and asked that. <laughs> and that was amazing. I, I would Thanks. love to hear that with the music and everything else on. I think it would be pretty freaking awesome. And now the Thanks. next question for you. Yeah, I'm asking questions, okay. people. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. What would you say to a young little girl that comes up to you at a coffee shop? Well, I was going to say a brewery, but, you know, that would be kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> at a coffee shop and says, you're my idol. I want to be just like you. What would you say? That actually happened Friday. This little girl named Sequoia came up to me and I was at a competition Friday um, for a folk thing. And I'm not really a folk artist, but it was and it was super fun. And I saw her in the crowd and she fingers crossed, her toes crossed and her legs crossed that I would get picked. And I didn't. But then afterwards, she came up to me and was like, oh, like, 
I sing and write songs too. And she was super sweet and it totally like impacted me. It was probably one of like the sweetest things that ever happened at a show. And I, cause she was like, Oh, like I want to be just like you. Like, what do I do? And I was like, just keep like practicing, keep working hard. And if you love it, like you're going to get somewhere. Cause if you love it enough and you work hard enough, you're going to be able to do it. You're going to be able to get somewhere. Very, very nice. Now I've always told my children and I've made the statement about myself as I'm quite older. I'm the oldest statesman in this group. I'm 46. Um, and I've always wanted to leave an impact on the world. Uh, so people remember I was here. Uh, my children remember me because I, I raised them and gave them values and whatnot, and everything else. You realize that you're leaving an impact on the world as well, just with your music and you talking to that young lady. Um, you definitely need to keep your head up high. You, uh, you inspire people with your music. And I think you're going to see a lot more success down the road. So don't ever let the haters get on you. <laughs> the name that the the other Twitter fan name. Don't ever let people really hate on you. Keep your head Jim up. Yes. Yeah, he told me this story. I, I've talked to Jim several times now on Messenger. I've even talked to him on the phone. Uh, I just want to tell you, you're going to be a great one. So anytime you ever feel that someone's crapping on you, reach out to the critical five here. Uh, we're no longer the four. We're the five, <laughs> and we have your back. Uh, so you're, you're going to be great. I, I have in my, the guys are looking at me. They agree with me. Um, guys can ask questions. I just wanted to put that out there that I'm very impressed. And I just wanted you to know that if you haven't thought of it, you are leaving marks on the world and you're leaving a good impressions on young artists and young people, period, especially in this day and age where everything is going crazy. Um, that is very, that's outstanding. That's, that's something really cool. And it's something that resonates with me. Uh, and I just, just want to say thank you. Thank you so much. That means a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, I have to springboard off that and say, you know, everything that I did of research, because occasionally we do research, occasionally we're I'm, actually prepared. I'm off the cuff, bro. <laughs> uh, yeah, so springboard off of that. I, I, I did my research, you know, and I checked out every interview I could possibly find that anybody did with you. Not everybody else had that opportunity, unfortunately, because not everybody gets to have the flexible work I do, but, um, you know, <laughs> he does nothing. I, I have nobody that's dependent upon me. That's so that's nice. You know how that is, but, um, she's making a living. What are you doing, bro? <laughs> you don't know anything about me. Miguel. Just what happens in this podcast is the only thing you know about. Continue with your question. <laughs> this young lady needs to go to bed. What? <laughs> wow. Now he's telling you to go to bed. Okay. <laughs> I was very impressed by the interviews and like the, I, I even read your blog posts on your website and saw, you know, what you were writing. You seem like a really authentic person. Like you really are honest about what you're really feeling. You're, you're not, you're not faking anything. You know, you're not putting a mask on and pretending to be something that you aren't. You're not so overly concerned with image. You're just, you know, you're really raw and really genuine. And that's, that's something that I think is rare. And I think that it is something that, that really can have a very strong positive influence on everyone. Because I feel like, especially here in the States, you know, we have such a plastic people kind of thing coming out of Hollywood, coming out of the music industry. Everybody's made up the makeup artists. Everything mm -hmm. is airbrushed on the magazines, you know, and with you, it's it's raw and it's real, and it, it's with a sense of beauty, with a sense of elegance that mm -hmm. I think is just you know it's amazing. I think that if that is carried all the way throughout your career, I think that 
the impact that that will have, especially because there will be little girls that are idolizing you or even boys and, you know, people that just see what you're doing. And then other people in the music industry, they're going to look and they're going to say, well, she's not having to like sell out and act like somebody else. You know, she's not having to put on these airs. She's just being herself. And that, that can be a strong, compelling force in the industry. You're talking about the pressure of having to sexualize every freaking thing. Just because you're a female singer, you have to do this or do that versus a male singer can get away with just being whatever. Well, I don't know. There's Justin Timberlake, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I bring sexy well, back every time I come into this podcast, but I'm just saying. But there, I mean, there are other female artists who don't sexualize everything, but even though they are out there compared to other mm-hmm. artists and like her professionalism is makes her makes her stand out compared to a lot yeah, of what's it's, out there. It's off the charts for a young 15 young lady. And I don't mean to keep on saying that, but it's like yeah, I, I don't know what I want to say. Forgive me. I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> <laughs> it no, is off no, the no, charts. The, the level of maturity for this young lady is is outstanding. I agree. Okay, wait. Am I back? Because I was like, my computer was glitching for like a minute. Yeah, yeah. You're back. You're back in all the way. We We're just you. talking about how much we hate your music and don't want. To <laughs> wow. <laughs> <Just joking. Okay. laughs> no, not really. No, we're 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 H A Y haters. <laughs> no, the extreme colleague from uh, the other side of town, uh, Josh, was merely saying that your level of professionalism is amazing. You're not out there doing the old Madonna, blah blah blah. I can't think of any other nasty. Miley Cyrus. Yeah, you're not doing that crap, which we commend you for, uh, because you're letting your music and everything else stand for it. And that's, yeah, that's, but that's, but I would I would say even personality wise because you know it it is that but it it goes deeper than that it's showing her actual character her actual persona and not becoming like a stage person that is like you can tell there's just something fake there there's something you know not real with her it's it's like so the opposite like you can tell in everything she is authentically herself and i think that's if there's anything that is a message of the world that little girls and everybody needs everybody it's to actually be genuine and be yourself and not become like some kind of image as opposed to what you really are. Preach it, brother. Preach it. <laughs> I'm the Lord said. No, I'm not going there. So here's one for you then. <laughs> Since you're doing your music and everything else now, have you even thought of maybe going to like a, because uh, I'm friends with Chad Rook, another Canadian. Uh, he's on Siren. He's been on Supernatural. He's been on a bunch of stuff. He's pretty cool. Uh, have you ever thought about doing like a TV show, something where letting them know that, hey, you also kind of sing, so you get like a song bit going on a show like that? Maybe just one episode here and there. That seems like it would be a nice quick boost for you. That would be so cool. I've been on like set a few times. I have a few friends who are actresses and um, for some pretty big like shows in Canada and for uh, some Disney movies. And I've been on set with them and it's been super fun. Like, of course, I haven't been in anything, but like I've always like enjoyed like tv and stuff of course so i feel like that'd be super fun it's just it's tv is like tough it's like music too like if i could ever do something like that i totally would i don't know i was just asking i just i could see it actually helping her along the ways and i can see yeah as her music continues to get popular in canada and everywhere else uh i'm assuming those opportunities are probably going to come your way especially if you're writing something and as your music matures even more you're going to get i mean as someone told me once before uh The possibilities are limitless. What shall become of our steadfast crew? And will Mikhailan make it out of the sheer madness of the Critical Five alive? We hope you enjoyed part one of this show with Mikhailan Hay. Stay tuned for part two coming next week. And thanks so much for listening. 
Hey guys, you can connect with us on iTunes at Critical Thinking Podcast and Twitter at Critic underscore Thinking and also on Facebook and Instagram at Critical Thinking Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, Critical Thinking is on Beyond the Dawn Radio, which is known for playing the best indie radio music around the world on Thursdays at 7 p.m. Pacific and 9 p.m. Central Time. And if you like the show, please five star the episode and tell your friends. So thank you for joining us, thinking shit through one podcast at a time. We'll